This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today I am so excited to have in the studio a returning guest, but a first-time author. Her book comes out tomorrow, The Weight of Beautiful. Please welcome Jackie Goldschneider. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here to talk about this book. It's a long time coming, and how are you feeling now that it's about to be out there? Uh, I'm like a mix of like, so much excitement and nerves and a little nervous because there's a whole lot of dark secrets in here, but um really excited. Yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, I've seen some excerpts and stuff starting to be published and shared and stuff. How has that felt now that, I mean, obviously you wrote the book a while ago, but it's finally happening. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like giving birth and like meeting your child. It's like crazy to to know that this stuff that I um, wrote like just sitting at my desk at home is just finding its place in the world. It's it's amazing. What was your what was your writing process like? Because obviously it's a very personal book. We'll get into some more of the stories and stuff that you share, but it's not just like oh, like let's have fun and like yeah. write a few chapters. Like yeah. what was that process like for you? Um, well, every time I started a new chapter, I would say, oh my god, I I don't know even how to begin writing this chapter. I don't know what to say. So. Um, I would do for a full week, I would do just stream of consciousness, just write and get out like 500 words, no matter what it said. And just, um, after about like 10 days of that, where I had like, a, like 5,000 words, I would just, then I would start to like zhuzh it, you know, mm-hmm. then I would go back over it. Like every day I would go back over it and over it and over it. And at the end of like a three week period, I had. Like everything just ended up being a beautiful chapter. You know, there were times when I would just find words that I didn't even know I had in me. And writing this book was a joy. Were you, were there things that you had decided beforehand that you either were or weren't going to put in it? Or was it kind of just, like you said, stream of consciousness, like anything that comes out, I'm going to let it be there for now? No, there were things that I did not think that I'd be writing about that during the course of writing it, I knew that I couldn't tell a complete story without being really open and vulnerable and some stuff that was really embarrassing that I wanted to keep hidden, but that I knew that other people with anorexia or any kind of eating disorder probably struggled with. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to be transparent. And I couldn't have told a full story without doing that. Yeah. As I was reading the book, I I thought it was interesting. Kind of you do start with your childhood and being a teenager and going to college. And it really is the story of your life through the lens of your relationship with your eating disorder. And I think, you know, there could be a thought at first that it's like the whole book is about this. But when you actually think about it, it's like 
because that was present for all of those experiences. Yeah, I mean, I really think the crux of the book is like, you don't have to have an eating disorder or any interest in an eating disorder to love this. It's a, really just a story about um, losing yourself and losing your way and getting so lost in like a toxic world. And then one day deciding that you wanted to save your own life. You know, mm -hmm. that's really what it is. It's finding your way out of a really bad situation. Yeah. So take me back to the the decision to write the book. How did this, obviously an opportunity came up and you decided to do it. Was it a no-brainer for you that this was a story you wanted to write and to, to share? Um, I always knew, well, you know, I had so many secrets inside me and I knew I had enough to fill a book. <laughs> so if I was ever going to write a book, I knew this would be it, but I couldn't write it while I was still sick because it wouldn't have a happy ending. It wouldn't have any ending at all. So um, when I did decide to recover and I was enough of the way past it to see the end in sight, I wanted. I knew that I wanted to write this book, but I also wanted to write it while I was still actively recovering because the place that I was in was so raw and I was still struggling just enough that all of the emotions and all of the fears were still so raw so I had um, an agent before my current agent who told me that I was too sick still to write the book, that I was not healthy enough to write the book. And, um, and then we parted ways because I knew, I knew how I wanted to write this book and, um, and I didn't want anyone to stop me. Mm -hmm. Reading, especially the, the later chapters when your time on the show and kind of how you came to terms with what you shared and when and, you know, what's on camera, what happened behind the scenes. It's clear that it was kind of this long series of decisions that you had to make for yourself. And I feel like, you know, this kind of feels like another step on that journey of like, yeah. now we're, we're going to tear down even more of the walls. We're going to be even more honest. And, you know, it's clearly a huge decision, but it seems like one that is kind of what you need to do for yourself. Oh, yeah. And writing the book was so therapeutic because I went there in a lot of places that I wouldn't have gone there if I wasn't writing about it. Like all the the ways that I probably, um, you know, hurt people in my life. I never really let myself think about that. But I, I had to when I was writing about it. You know, I know it caused a lot of hurt to my parents and to Evan. And, you know, I know my children saw a lot of awful things. And I really had to examine that when I was writing. Whereas I might just have, you know, put it behind me and said, well, I'm not going to think about that anymore. I'm just going to recover, mm -hmm. you know? So it was therapeutic. I think when you, when you lay it all out there, like it is in the book, you also see though, that it's kind of like an exercise in forgiving yourself a little bit. That Absolutely. It's like all of those experiences were wrapped up in something that you clearly, you know, that you didn't have control over. And now you're kind of, you know, working through that. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of forgiveness and also a lot of letting go of, you know, any kind of trauma or bad times in my past, because those are the things that kept me connected to fear. So I always, a, a reason, one of the reasons why my anorexia lasted 20 years is because I was so scared of what life would be like without it, because I only knew life as unenjoyable before I lost weight. And I was so scared of going back to that, but letting go of the the trauma from those times and even letting go of traumatic things that happened in recent years really let me 
mm. recover and move forward. And I don't know that I've ever been as healthy as I am right now. Yeah. Well, I love to hear that. I think you talk a lot about kind of your various different experiences going to doctors and seeing people. And y- you mentioned about how doctors never made an issue of your weight and unless you were heavy. heavy. Yeah. And that this was a, a total thing that basically so many people missed what seemingly should have yeah. been obvious red flags or whatever. And I think that is something that is, I mean, to me personally, like that's such a uh, fascinating thing that happens in our society. And I think it's as somebody who has kind of been on both sides of that, it's really interesting to see how personally it perpetuated the situation you were in. Yeah. I mean, what society looks at as health, the way that they confuse health and thin is, is mind blowing, but also it's very dangerous because I would walk out of their offices underweight and my um, heart was in bad shape and my heart rate was way too low and my blood pressure was way too low and nobody would flag it, you know? So I was, you know, a heart attack waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Also, you talk a lot about the your fertility struggle and 
you know, your efforts to have children. And I think that's something we see a lot of a lot of women on Housewives and Bravo shows have had various different, you know, fertility journeys. And that happened for you before you were on the show. But I think that's I mean, it's something that people have always been kind of scared to talk about. And I think with your situation in particular, it's like so important to know that. Yeah, I mean, because people don't realize all the ways that you can really destroy your body with an eating disorder. Um, and so I, I mean, not to get TMI, but like my body was not functioning like a woman's body should. Yeah. Right. So I wasn't, I had no period. I had, didn't ovulate. I didn't do any of that. So I basically caused my own infertility, which was, you know, years of IVF, lots of money, lots of emotional stress. But also I've been, I, I caused a lot of other damage to my body too. So um, having to go through years of fertility treatments was one thing, but um, God, I could like rattle off for you all the ways that I really hurt myself. You know, it's uh, eating disorders are a mental illness as well. And um, it's really, no one talks about it. And that's why I was so thrilled to put this out there. As scary as the, you know, the secrets are to reveal and as embarrassing as some of them are, um, I know it's an important book. And I hope that it opens up more conversations. Yeah. And I think seeing it as a a mental struggle, as well as, you know, something that manifests itself physically, like it's in the book, it's like you have various different sort of phases of, you know, seeing one person and, you know, starting to work on this, but then it, you know, it translates into just more mental math or whatever. And I think that, you know, when you understand it as like a mental illness that you really have to fight your way through yeah. it's so much it makes so much more sense why it's so difficult it's not just a matter of you know well eat eat three meals yeah like that. i mean because it's really all about it's not about the food as much as like it's about the fear it's about um control anxiety um it's really i would say control is the main thing that it's about you know when when things seem like crazy around you, you know that you can control what you put in your body. You know mm-hmm. you can control um, how people see what you look like. So, you um, you know, I started to get, and once you start succeeding at it and you see your body changing, it gets addictive. And with no one talking about it, like you read the book. So there's that scene in um, Mexico where I'm eating the tuna, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there in that bathroom and saying, God, there's absolutely no one in the world that I could tell about this, that I could, I'd be so embarrassed to talk to anyone, even my own husband about it. So that's it. I'm just alone with this. And unless I find the strength and figure out how to do this alone and recover from this alone, I'm just going to live with it forever. Yeah. Because you don't, it's very isolating. And you talk, so after you joined the show, Obviously, that's when we all met you and got to know you through through that. It's an interesting juxtaposition because, like you said, you felt so alone and you felt like there was, you know, no one in the world you could share that with. And then all of a sudden, there are millions of people mm-hmm. watching you. It's not just, you know, who you come in contact with in New Jersey. It's so many people seeing you and people having strong, strong opinions about mm-hmm. everything. What was it like? that first, you know, year or two when you joined the show kind of having to balance what you had going on underneath the surface with this new world? Well, the show doesn't leave cameras at your house. So I knew that I could figure out how to fool everyone. Um, I would just save enough food to eat when the cameras were there. 
and I would just go home and starve. So um, I knew that I could pull it off in front of the cameras. Um, social media wise, most of the comments weren't about my body. Um, there was a few scenes where people used to be like, I think she, she has something going on, you know, but most of the comments were about my face about the way my lips move, that my lips move sideways. Oh my God, my entire first season, that was like the number one comment always, like your lips move sideways. And people said I had a lisp. So I just concentrated on those things. Right, right. you're like, okay, like my, my hair looks messy. Yes. Like that's, let's oh, focus the, on the that. The epically messy hair was season two. The, oh no, that was season three, the epically messy hair at the Jersey Shore. That was so bad. Humid, some humid filming days. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Um, right. And then obviously, you know, eventually it became a topic on the show. What was it like kind of navigating before you had, like you said, made the decision to to recover for real? What was that yeah. sort of period like where you were? While I had while I had anorexia before yes. I decide before that moment where I was like, I have to stop. I held on to it so tightly. There was nothing you could say or do to make me um change my mind about it. So if anything at all threatened my eating disorder, I immediately had stories on hand to tell. I had excuses. I would save calories for those, you know, times alone so I could take a bite of something and be like, look, I'm eating it, you know? So I had things ready to go. There was nothing that was going to stop me. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I didn't care. I think so much of the time that we've seen you on the show you I like the way you kind of approached that in the book because I think obviously there have been a lot of housewife books and you know some focus more or less on the time that they've been on the show but I think for you it's like there is so much background to those years on the show before we saw you going through recovery on the show and I think there are so many situations where knowing the full extent of it really changes the whole context. Right. Like the breakfast where I ate the chips for breakfast. <laughs> that might have seemed like a mindless decision, but that that scene was very intentional. Eating those chips was very intentional and part of my plan. I mean, Dale and I had a plan for everything. There was always a plan because anorexia, the way I had it, was so regimented that you couldn't do one thing off schedule, you know? Because the food had to be so minimal and the exercise had to be so much that, um, you know, there's just a lot, there was a lot of rules. Mm -hmm. So to make sure I followed all the rules, there was just, you know, there was no flexibility. So I, I mean, I wanted to take people behind what they saw and give them the full like mindset of what, what was going through my head during those times. Yeah. And the season, of course, the season that started with the rumor happening about yes. Evan, knowing that you were kind of in this deep place of pain that that was you know just an extenuating circumstance that kind of required then more control and more planning and more restricting and not only that but i dealt with stress by restricting even more so um when i i felt like i caused all that pain and i caused all of this stress to my family and my the way that I dealt with anything was through food. I used food in horrible ways. So um, I was hardly eating by the time that was that season aired. By the time it was done airing, I was so thin. And it's hard to tell sometimes on camera. Um, but if you look at pictures, you can see 
that I was much thinner when I started the next season. Um, and uh, I, so I was in an unhealthy place already, but it really pushed me even further. I think um, I, it's interesting kind of to know like the the phases of how you've gone through this on the show. And I think t- hearing you talk about the season where you had chosen to go into recovery and we saw some of that on the show and that they kind of, um, there was the scene of you with your kids getting the ice cream, which I know was, you know, hugely important for you and also for everybody watching it really kind of, you know, was this like button on the storyline kind of. And I, I liked reading about how that was kind of how it worked on the show. And then your real work yeah. kind of began. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, reality shows, how they package things. And it's not, you know, Bravo did a phenomenal job with me. I have to say they were so encouraging and anything that I needed to do, they really helped me. They really helped me through this process. They were great. Um, but, you know, the way a storyline works is it's best when it comes full circle. It has a beginning, middle and end. And I think a lot of people thought that was the end. You know, um, Jackie was sick. Jackie got help and then Jackie ate ice cream. You know, and that for me was when it really all started, mm-hmm. you know, this whole recovery process. Because, I mean, at that point, I was, what, a month in um, or like just a few weeks in. And then um, I went home from that ice cream scene and I just broke down. I didn't know how to eat something and not compensate for it and not count it, you know. So it was re- that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And it was now knowing from the book, it's even more full circle going all the way back to your tasty delight. uh, Oh, my God. What I (laughs) did to myself when I tell you the things I did in the late 90s to lose weight were disgusting. Late 90s, early 2000s. I also was obsessed with this. um, You won't remember because you're too young, but it was called Olestra. And oh man, it was so disgusting. It had literally a warning on the bottom the, of the packaging with the anal leakage. The fat-free chips, right? It was a, it's a, an oil, right? That it like mimics an oil, and it doesn't it doesn't like stay in your body, so you right don't. Through. It just slides on through. So like literally, big anal leakage warning on the bottom. <laughs> you are just sick to your freaking stomach, and I ate that thing in droves. It was like my dream come true, like calorie-free Doritos. I was sick to my stomach, but <laughs> I would just eat anything that I could to lose weight, and it just didn't work until I found anorexia, and then it just, it's amazing how quickly you can spiral. Mm-hmm. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite. Acai Grape, Pineapple Mango, Lemon, and Mandarin 
Mandarin Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One thing that I noticed when I was reading the book is you you talk a lot about the the calculating that you did in your head and the counting and the taking the notes and everything, but you you really don't mention specific weight numbers and things like no, that. No, and that really was intentional. All. I assumed it was intentional. Can you talk a little bit about that decision and kind of more broadly how you chose to approach the mechanics, I guess, yeah. of which Your was disorder. difficult because um, I didn't want to give out any tips. That was number one. It's hard to write a book like this without, you know, listen, people are going to take what they want from it. But I also didn't want people saying, oh, well, she's that weight. You know, uh, it's not a danger zone until I get to that weight. Or like, well, I weigh less than her. Am I in like, I didn't want people looking at just the numbers and trying to find themselves in that story. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um and plus, everybody's body is different. I am I ha- have a lot of muscle in my legs, so I might be a little more, weigh a little more than somebody you think of, like, you know, how people used to look at Nicole Richie in the 90s, and she was, like, teeny tiny. Um, I think she probably weighed a lot less than me, even though we were the same size. So I didn't, it's, it's so, you know, subjective. So um, I... Didn't want to give out numbers, but, um, you know, it was a hard line to, like, write about this stuff without feeling like you're giving people tips. Yeah. You know? Well, I think with so much of it is based on comparison and, like, you talk a lot about in the book about even when you were at your thinnest, feeling like... Yeah, that's body dysmorphia. That person's thinner than me, or, like, I, I still feel like I'm not the thinnest person in the room, even if you most likely are. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of stripping away some of the specifics maybe makes it a little bit harder to read the book and see like, okay, well, like, you know, like you said, comparing yourself is, it's never going to be the healthy way. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I think, I think, you know, sometimes if you have a problem, you know, I think you have it in your head, you might not say it out loud, but if you're doing something that's a little too much, you probably have an idea of Mm -hmm. that, you know? So I feel like I didn't really need to, get too specific. I yeah. feel like you know if you're going a little too far. One of the one of the moments in the book that struck me the most was your story about when you got engaged to Evan and how that was kind of like a, a tainted memory, if you will. And I I wrote down this quote that you said, like every happy day I've had since 2003, it's one that is stained by anorexia. My eating disorder was relentless and it gave me no days off. Looking back on happy times is like watching them unfold through a dirty window where I can see all the good stuff, but I also see the layer of grime on top. I I was thinking about that. That's, you know, earlier in the book. And as I was reading the rest of it, it really stuck with me that all of these things that are, you know, happy um, milestones in life really just... They were under... Uh, they were 
they were all tainted, all of them. And it's not to say I didn't enjoy my life. I've had a beautiful life, but all of it had was controlled by anorexia. Every every one of them. So do you feel like now that you've been, you know, in recovery and have been in a better place for a, a few years now, do you feel like there's a process of kind of reclaiming those memories or is it something that's tough still to look back on? Um, they were very tough to look back on before I wrote the book. Now I feel, and before I recovered, I, I, um, I've only been recovered for a year and a half because okay. it took me a while to get there. Actually, yeah, just a little over a year because it really wasn't until late summer last year that I was I was like, you know what? I'm I turned in a real corner once I stopped um, worrying about how people looked at me. Mm. You know, that was that was a lot for me. Um, but um, I used to get really sad at all the things that that I missed out on, and now. I think they had a much bigger purpose because now I think this is going to, aside from wanting it to be like a fantastic, well-received book, I really <laughs> do help that, hope that it helps people yeah. and that they find themselves in there. So I think all of those horrible moments that I had during these beautiful times, I hope that um, they have a much bigger purpose of helping people. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like you said, you wouldn't have been able to write this book and have this perspective even, you know, a couple of years ago and that now you have all of this stuff that is still happening in your life that's all of these positive things and yeah. you know not 100% positive you know there's still going to be ups and downs but yes. that you can kind of appreciate it in a different way yes and i can also i know no matter what i am not going to deal with them through through eating like i don't come home from like a stressful event and say now i'm not hungry like i have no appetite now i don't do that anymore my my food intake and the way I eat and enjoy food is completely separate from stress. It's completely separate from anything emotional. I really, really work hard at that. Mm -hmm. But I am still in therapy and with my dietitian each once a week. Yeah. So now when you have a, a stressful filming yeah. <laughs> experience, you're uh I just go home and smash something. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of that lately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm so excited for people to get their hands on the book. And I also, I want to say, if you are not the biggest Jackie fan from the show, I, th I still think it's really a worthwhile reading experience because, I mean, obviously your story is much more than yeah. Housewives. I mean, it's, it's not, I would say, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree this is not a typical Housewife book? It's not a yeah. typical Housewives book, but I think even the parts of the book that are about your time on Housewives sort of shift the perspective enough that when when you're talking about something that happened with Teresa, it's not about Teresa. It's not about... Right, yeah. No, I don't like badmouth anybody. No, I don't... I, 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 I do think, tell the complete stories, though, of things that happened on the show. Yeah. yeah. And I, th I think it's a really unique example of a book that kind of talks about stuff that has happened on the show, but not just in a now let me gossip about my co-stars kind yes. of way. I think it really yeah. adds something to Thank the story. You. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. Thank you for reading it. And thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Everybody go. You can uh, get The Weight of Beautiful wherever you get your books. And uh, congratulations, Jackie. Thank you. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.